I am unashamed. What about you? Well, we had a borderline miracle today already, just on the way down here. <laughs> we did. That that if you if a cat comes jumps up on the table, don't be don't be shocked if you're watching this. That, so there's some cats in my house. Um I don't know where they came from. Somebody gave us cats, which I was like, you know, it's just more things to take care of. So I wasn't crazy about it. But good deed, Al. Yeah, good I know. Day. Two two kittens. And, you know, yeah. we do have some mice there once in a while, so yeah. maybe. But anyway, so I they've got to where they've got a little habit of getting up in the my truck or Jay's truck. They like to. Yeah, but you didn't know this. I'll just tell what happened. You just drove. How, so I drove. What, 40 minutes? Yeah, about 35, 40 minutes. I went to Chick-fil-A and got see all some food and you know, I'm doing all my stuff. So you're in the middle of the town. Middle of the town. Done the fast food line. So I pull up at your Interstate. You came across interstate. interstate. There's people so, blowing the horn and all that. And this. plus, you know, I told y'all when I so get out he's here. Up the, under the hood. Well, well so I, I pull up and I, I get out of my truck. Daniel's with me. Daniel's new brother in Christ. But it, so we get out of the truck and walk in. I walk back out to my truck and I look and I see a cat. And I said, huh. I said, I said, I guess mom got a cat. Looks a lot like the one of the house. So I went back in the house, didn't even think anything about it. We come back out, and dad sees it. He said, Miss Kay, you better get that cat because if Bobo sees him, it'll be all over. And so we, we scooped up the cat, mom did. And I said, That's our cat. Then I thought, Well, how'd he get here? <laughs> so, so I realized that cat was up in the engine block somewhere. And, there's and not, had there's quite not the a ride. Lot of places, there's not a lot of places you can ride up under the hood of a. But well, what's thing. funny is you'd think, wouldn't you think? So I stopped several times, red lights. You would think the cat. You'd think the cat would say, you know, I need to get out of here because. You know what that's called? Well, smart enough not to. Right? That's exactly right. It waited till we got here and stopped for a while. For you know what minutes. that's called? Grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the cat's already has the limp because the one of the dogs back home hurt his leg, and so I, that's when I knew. So, I said, that's so you brought problem. him with you inside the truck from my yeah the house. Well, Stone told me he he said he pulled up to the stop sign in our neighborhood the other day, and he heard him meowing. They were both in his truck, and so mm-hmm. he opened the. So he said now every time before he leaves the house, he he opens up his hood to make sure they're not in the engine block. There's something to be said about surviving. Well, seeing there's some dogs around Chats there, so that- lady and Lynn, this could be a sign of the last days, <laughs> because when when cats are hitchhiking, you know, via vehicles, well, it could I be think that- I'll just ride down there with them and jump up in there. And, you know, a cat used to. I don't think they were that smart. Ah, well, you think about it, when humans want to move, they move. When a cat wants to move, he's got to be more creative. <laughs> yeah. He. It may have something to do with the dog that was a hundred times the size of the cat attacking right. it, and it lived. It lived, but it's definitely kind of now always on the lookout. But they like getting up in the the vehicles because the dogs can't get to them in there. So I see why sleep. this idea about cats having nine lives. Oh yeah, came about. Well, that one spent a couple. You know, I think so so we're on three or four with this. That was yeah. quite the marvel. So when I go back to town, who was uh, that old actor, old guy, the karate expert? You know, hard to kill. That's kind of where cats are, hard to kill. <laughs> you know, he's. I just heard something about him. He's like, he moved to Russia. <clears throat> that guy, that actor. Where do you come up with all? This I don't know. Memes? I just, I just heard it recently. He's, he's become infatuated with Russia. I hope that catches on. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I attempted to watch a movie last night. I'll watch one about every couple of years. And Missy was like, let's, let's watch a movie. So I thought we, you would watch Risen because Dad was talking about Risen. That, about that no, I didn't term. watch it, but, um, but that was a good idea, and I, I appreciate it. Yep. Phil started a ministry where he's baptizing people with biblical names. You had Samuel had Day Samuel for Day yesterday. yesterday. We had Daniel yesterday. Daniel yesterday. So, Phil, that's quite the... Could be a sign of sorts. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Well, the signs and miracles and wonders that we're kind of joking about, they led to Jesus. That's so, right. as long as you got Jesus. So, what was the movie you were? Uh, You know what? I can't remember what the name oh, of it was. But, it's not been but, very uh, good. Chris Pratt was in it, and uh, he... Didn't he come to Willie's movie? He came to Willie's one time. Yeah, he and, was. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I showed. I went over to Willie's. I didn't even know he was there. It's back when he lived across from you, the Sona. Well, but uh, I walk out back, and yeah. Willie's sitting there by the fire. And there's another guy, and there's Chris Pratt. Yeah, and so I had old Larry Hooper with me, and he had his guitar, and Pratt said, "Hey, you mind if I play your guitar?" So he just started playing. Hooper's guitar and yeah. singing songs. I was like, we're just well, I remember that happening. So I, Missy's like, what do you want to watch? I was like, hey, I know that guy. He's like, is he still doing movies? Missy's like, is that a joke? <laughs> so I said, well, let's watch that. It was like Tomorrow's War or something was the name of it. Oh, yeah. And you've seen it? I haven't seen it, but I saw the previews for it. It looked pretty good. I lasted halfway. Oh, boy. Halfway through it. And not, not that it was terrible. It just... You know, it's a time. I, I have a problem when you, if you want to make movies out of Hollywood, because people in Hollywood tend to down people of faith. I'm like, quit using our principles to gain your your storyline. <laughs> so they had a futuristic war that they had to travel through time, right? Because somebody figured out that they the humanity was going to be extinct in a few years. So they figured out a time portal and they sent basically every, every person here. You, you are draft eligible if you could hold a gun and they, they have this, well, I, I don't know how it ended, but I just, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> so Steven yeah. Seagal, this way he's looking like these days. Oh boy. He's got quite this. He needs to go to that Bezos uh, clinic. <laughs> but it says here nationality, American, <clears throat> Serbian, Russian. Mm-hmm. So, so I was right. Yeah. I guess he's Russian, too. Maybe. I don't know. So I, I t- we turn off the movie. I mean, we were, we were tired. And because I was like, you know, if you could have done this without having to travel through time, I might have been in. But I, I, that, that was the, the problem. And, and the aliens was kind of like the, that movie Alien. The people, I mean, the thing they were fighting. Yeah, I was like, "Is that a, is it the same, same thing with the teeth every time?" I mean, what, yeah, what, come, come what, up with come up with a different alien. Why? Now that was a good one. That was a scary one. But I mean, it was after a while. Yeah, I remember one of the uh, Bible scholars that we know made a point that humans can only come up with what they know. It's like every even monster that they have, they all have the basic features yeah. of right. a, of a human. Yeah. They, they, because our minds just 
can't comprehend anything right. other than what, we, what know. we know, which is kind of the foundation of, well, where did we come up with the idea of good and evil? Because a lot of people, once they get off the rails with God, they're like, well, where, where did even good e- and evil come from? So usually from? it's big eyes, scary teeth, and a lot cl- of teeth. claws. Claw- a lot this, of claws. Same as the you go out in the woods. Yeah. Because you think about things that get your attention. It's things with claws mm-hmm. and, and teeth and stingers. Stingers. That it Rangs. had all three. Of yeah. those, com- but it yeah. could throw its stingers. Oh boy! Oh yeah! Yeah, it was like a big old <laughs> ground wasp with tails and kind of a cross between an octopus and a wasp. <laughs> so, so how was Chris Pratt holding up? Oh well, he I, I liked him in the movie. I, I mean, I thought he's pretty funny. Actor, yeah, it was real. It was funny, and but that's I, why he and Willie palled around because he has a really great sense of humor. Yeah, he started out on a comedy, <clears> you know, on that Parks and Recreation. Yeah, it wasn't. He was a, a very good dude. It wasn't a uh, a slap on the the you know the editing or the cinematography or the acting or the humor. Yeah. It just the idea. I'm like, okay, we're we're you got a space travel to fight? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much of a sci-fi guy. I probably would like. Well, this one. you probably would, but and maybe it got better. So then when it goes off. As soon as I turn it off, I don't watch the news much, but the news was on. And, you know, we were talking about the 4th of July and Declaration of Independence and everybody coming together. And, well, the blurb came up in the two minutes that I happened to watch the news was that there were 400 shootings over the July 4th weekend in, in the U.S. 150 deaths, 400 shootings. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> that that That's a lot. Yeah. And so I have to go do the research because I was, what, what, because they were basically using it as, oh, we got to do something about these guns. Yeah. It's always the and so I was like, let me get the context of, of what's going on here. What I noticed is most of them were big inner cities. Inner city. Yeah. Like Chicago was most of it, probably. A lot of yeah. it. And uh, New York City. And, but there was one that kind of got my attention in, just outside of Atlanta, of course, they, they said in the rural parts of Georgia, but when I looked at the Google map, it was just outside it. Yeah. But uh, a guy who, had, and, and they did a story about it because he was a believer and he had just prayed and had been on a, they did some kind of walk-a-thon where they were praying for, and they said he was a person of faith. He was a, he was a golf pro working at a golf course, and somebody had pulled a truck on the green, one of the greens, which is never a good sign. No. He goes out there to check it out, and whoever pulled the truck out there shot him, killed him. Yeah, I heard about this. And there was two people in the back of the truck. One of them was the owner of the truck, and they, they, they hadn't got him up to this point right now. They don't know. And so, yeah, I read that, and I thought. So the, so the person driving the truck stole the truck and killed the two people? Well, that owned the truck is that what it's one like? of the people in the back of the truck was the owner of the truck who was dead. Yeah, who, who was the owner? So you're trying you're putting yeah, the pieces you. together. Right, right, right. So who who knows who yeah. the other? And, I, and look, I don't, I read a little blurb this big, but the reason I'm bringing this up because I mean you feel this guy had a wife and and two sons like six and seven. It's just awful. He's a believer. When you think you think about that though, so this guy has probably the safest job in America. 
Yeah. You would think. Other than people griping about the condition of the golf course, it's about the toughest thing you got as a golf pro. Until somebody drives a truck on a green and shoots you. I mean, yeah. you're talking about just never know. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's going to, if you think about it, Jay, I mean, that's, a, that's a, I mean, the impracticality of that even happening. What a tragedy. Lawless, but, lawlessness yep. is uh, reaching a point where. Yeah. You scratching to, your head. You have to watch, watch every move you make. You but do. what ticked me off about it is, because, uh, you know, you feel for somebody that, you know, leaves a family like this. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a guy buying his own business. And, you know, we're in Romans, and these are the types of things that happen that are unexplainable from a human perspective. And, but you, when you see where this started on a blurb on, on the news saying, we got to do something about these guns, I'm thinking it's way bigger. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not going to, of course, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here yeah. as, the right to bear arms is was was obvious in the founders' plan because when you look at these inner cities and you think, well, what kind of plan would work better than gun control? Because these are the most gun control environments in our country, Everyone and else. that's where all well, the or, the mischief happened. Well, what's amazing, Jace, is the the missing the point, which is the, again the theme of Romans nine through eleven about missing the point. Let's take a break. So this uh, podcast, as we're talking a lot about stressors, um, you know, things that happen that cause people stress, which is happens a lot in our current culture and society. Um, but one of the things you don't want to be stressed about is male pattern baldness. You hmm. stressed about that, James? No, I haven't experienced that, Al. Well, hopefully you never will. But the good news is, if you do, we have one of our sponsors that can help you. Uh, they help you keep your hair. It's called keeps.com. And they have a FDA-approved hair loss treatment. Uh, they're basically generic versions, so you only pay about half the cost that you would for the other stuff. Uh, you go online, keeps.com. You're going to answer a few questions. They send, send them a picture of your hair. A licensed doctor is going to review your info, make sure everything's healthy for you, and you can keep your hair. So it's keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash door. They're going to give you 50% off your first order. So that's keeps.com slash door. And don't be stressed about losing your hair. But it's the missing. The point is the reason why people are buying so many guns, which we have a constitutional right to do is because of the lawlessness. I mean, yeah. well, it makes me think I, I need another. When I read about a, a golf pro walking out to a golf hole, hole with a guy parked on the green, I'm thinking, we need to be armed because we never know who might try exactly. to shoot you. <laughs> I mean, so, so it, I, well, I got to think it's just the opposite in thinking. I got to think it off the top of my head because people say, you know, we got to do something with these guys. That was the the nature of the of the piece that they were given. I thought, oh, I got a plan for you. Go into these inner, inner cities. They have less trees than rural places, so I know we can agree on this. Let's plant some trees. Let's get rid of all these buildings that have been abandoned yep. and they're sitting there. Cause a lot of the, a lot when of I mischief. read through all the crimes, a lot of them took place at, Oh, let's go have a 4th of July party at this abandoned building. A shooting broke out and yeah. let's bulldoze all those and plant some trees. So everybody's even right, left, middle, everybody's in on that. Nobody likes trees. 
Yeah. Then let's uh, any kind of because you think about how much they're taxed. They have the strictest gun laws and they're the most taxed. So let's take this money, which I'm for cutting the taxes because it's not working. Right. Uh, you know, I I saw just the other day where I think the budget in Los Angeles for dealing with their homeless people is a billion dollars a year with a B. And it, and that number is now about 60,000 people, by the way. So it's not working. It's not working, but that's another story. But take this money, and then you come up with these kind of programs, any kind of faith-based program that is helping people get off drugs yep. and alcohol, mm-hmm. and you pour your resources into that because they're the ones that are doing the work yep. that – you think you could do as a some kind of government operated program? They're the ones doing the work. You need to give them the green light. They That's shouldn't right. pay any taxes. That's right. You know. Just build them places and let them do yeah. what they do because they, they they got it exactly. And you can stay away from the fringe groups, That's but right. just then I would have a training program, firearms training. So my point is, we need more guns and more training for people who have good intentions to use them to help in these situations, especially when there's any kind of place where crowds gather. We need people, schools, churches, golf courses, because that's one I hadn't thought about, but people gather. Right. Because you got to remember, I think the, the common theme is there's more people in the big cities. Right. And so you got more of a, you know, you got more mischief that's going to happen just because there's, there's well, and they've people. made it just about a policing issue. Either don't like the police, like the police, but it's it's way bigger than just the police. The, there's no way you could police all this. It's no, too many. You got to remember. Then you get into counseling and mental health issues. Yeah, you fund right. all in that because right. some of you that. Gotta maybe remember, some of it. you got to remember, in the context of what we're talking about. Here comes a person who. <clears throat> as it is written, never made a mistake. He's living in a time frame where there were no guns. Gunpowder had not been developed. There were no guns. Mm -hmm. So it's the day when Jesus walked the earth. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, this is in lieu of going into Romans, that he must go, this is in the 30s, late 20s and 30s, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, and here's the group that's going to cause the suffering. He be hand. He's uh, at the hands. He'll suffer many things at the hands of the elders, highly religious, incredibly oh, yeah. religious. I'm in Matthew 16, and also he's going to be turned over to the chief priests, more religious people, and teachers of the law, more religious people. No guns. But he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Well, he says that once. You turn one page, that's Acts 16. I turn a page. Right after he said that, he said this. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. So I turn another page. We're going up to Jerusalem. This is Acts, tw- I mean, uh, uh, Matthew 20. We're going up to Jerusalem. Why keep repeating this is my point. 
and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest, religious people, teachers of the law, the, the best religious people on the earth. They will condemn him to death. I mean, he never makes a mistake. And there's no guns, but death is everywhere you look. You say, well, what's your point? The lawlessness that we're seeing now, well, it's always been there. Exactly. Just just go all the way back. Yep. And you say, here's the perfect person to say an over and over and over, I'm fixing to get be turned over to this bunch. They're very religious, and they're going to kill me. Well, if these are the religious people, <laughs> what in the world was going on 2,000 years ago oh, yeah. in these streets that were coming from the non-religious people. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were doing the same thing with swords, rocks, and crosses. Yeah. So yeah. he'll turn him over to the Gentiles, to the Romans, to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. On the third day, he'll be raised alive. Well, you start, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was a blood fest. Well, when you get to the book of Acts, that first thing you look around and you say, they're, they're after these apostles. They're trying to kill them. They, they are killing them. Stephen gives them a speech. He said, yeah, you're the, you stiff neck. You claim to be religious, and, and, and you, you, you killed all the prophets coming up to now, and now you kill the one who's come to, to die for the sins of the world. He said, so here's my point. You can add all this up. But as far as expecting human beings to do good, unless God is firmly implanted in their heart, I mean, and they are walking by the Spirit of God, if you're going to find any good, look there. But that's And that's compared to the world's population. That, that's a very small percentage. I don't want to dampen everybody's feelings here this morning. I'm just <laughs> well, saying. Well, that's why I had a plan. We say, well, guns are the problem. I'm like, so swords were the problem here. Yeah. So the hearts of men, you get to look at it, you're like, no. It's it's the hearts of, of mankind. When they turn and the evil one is turned loose, read John 8, the father of lies and murder. Yeah. Well, well, Jesus told those people, you belong to him. He's your father. He's the father of lies and murder, by the way. Y'all, I'm telling you, if you'll listen, the truth will set you free. Me, I will set you free by what I'm fixing to do. But no, y'all are sitting there bad-mouthing me, you know, and you're ready to kill me. You, you want to kill me. Well, yeah. So if you read the context leading up to the book of Romans, when the apostle Paul, it's like you said, Al, hey, Jace, he was one of them. He was one of them. He's right in there when they got Stephen and took him out there. He's saying, hit him, with, hit him again with another yeah. rock. He's holding their clothes. Yeah. And that's where he came from and then wrote the book of Romans. You're like, he was one of them. Pretty amazing. Is it amazing? Well, that was my whole point is the plan, <clears throat> they need Jesus. They need to promote things that get people off evil behavior. They they need to have counseling, mental illness centers. They need to, you know, grow some trees, you know, participate in the outdoors, spread out a little bit. All, all these things are common sense things that would work a lot better than 
every time something happens railing about there's too many guns which and the and the fifth most important is do the opposite we need more guns with people with good intentions the people of 2000 years ago shows me that you don't need guns to be a murderous bunch of thugs exactly. there's plenty of equipment around where you can kill people they never heard of gunpowder this much yeah. but there were some more murders probably then than now the way well, i'm reading it i mean i think there's just as many depending on the population not as many people on the earth but there was a lot of killing going on well you remember it looks like to me i read all the way back to genesis there's been a whole lot of killing going on the whole time mankind's been on the well, earth that's, that's what i was gonna say let's <laughs> let's take another break that you go back to Genesis 6 and he said every thought in every heart of everybody that was living at the time, which I don't know what the number was, but they'd been populating, you know, quite a bit and they lived a lot longer. First thing, much smaller population than now. And, and every, every heart was filled with evil and violence. Yep. And so that's all the way back. And so whatever they were doing then they were doing it without guns as well. But in fact, he rebooted the whole earth over it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it well, was... you get to a point because a lot of people, you know, you could throw in another one, like quit electing corrupt leadership in these big towns. But if everyone's corrupt, who, well, it's like who, who you got to choose from. Dad and I've said it for years. Politics is downstream of culture. So if if, if you got a bad culture, you're going to have bad politicians. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're producing right. the representation you deserve. Ms. K read me an article yesterday in the paper. I'm sitting on the, she just was reading it. Does she still She's, get a paper, like a newspaper? She, she reads a newspaper. And <laughs> she was still have she was I hadn't seen a newspaper in years. Were church attendance from the, from the 18 to 23, 24 year old, that particular group, the younger people, it's dropped about 40% in yep. the last decade. Yep. I mean, they're, they're, a lot, they're hitting the road. They are getting out of there. They said backbiting, gossip. They said it just, they, just, they just couldn't take it. Too many rules. They come up with about five reasons why they're checking it to the whole bunch. But, but they are coming out of the religious groups by the droves right. saying, I've had enough of it. And we talked about it just in your generation, Dad. Yep. Think about how many people back in the 50s were pretty much, oh. you know, churchgoers. And e- even if they didn't have it all on straight, just culturally, it was a lot kinder. Way like, more. Yeah, now it's a it's a violent, difficult place, you know. Yep. But you're right. I mean, we know the answer. So so we'll go back and kind of dive a little bit into Romans 9, 10, 11. <clears throat> just a little bit of overview, because to Dad's point, the Paul was... The, he said the chief sinners, and the reason he said that, the wor- chief and the worst, is because he was one of those guys that killed Stephen and a lot of other people. Threw him in jail. I mean, oh, yeah. and these are all of his brothers and sisters. I've always thought about it. Can you imagine how hard it would have been, even after Paul got a few years on him, he goes in and to a church and there's people there. These that- inner cities was full of the, the the Saul of Tarsus types. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could die in a hurry. That's right. But can you imagine being in a small group setting where he's, you know, maybe he's in that house when, he, you know, the guy fell out the window and you're looking around speaking and maybe there's a mother over there of somebody that you had killed or thrown in prison. You had to, he had to deal with that every day. Oh. And that, I mean, just the guilt of all that. You know, I think that's why Paul, you know, was so passionate about what he talks about, you know, yep. because he was one of them. Yep. So, so in, in chapter nine, we basically talked about 
the Israel misunderstanding their role. I mean, God had, God had brought them as a chosen elected people to bring about the Messiah to save the whole world. But generally they missed that. I mean, some individuals got it, but for the most part, they missed it. They missed it. So then you get to chapter 10 and Paul makes the case that Israel doesn't have an excuse, you know, just because, you know, you were, Thank you. It's were, not rocket science. That's right. It's pretty simple the way he lays it out. But he's also very passionate about it because, like you said, he 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 desperately wants them to be saved. And he even said in chapter ten, "I would give up. I would be a cut off forever from God if it meant which my people a, would get it right." Which is a theme in Romans about no excuses. Yeah. Have you noticed that? That's right. Chapter one, he said, "Men are without excuse." Yeah. And then chapter two, he said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, over and over, it's like. That's what humans do. Right. Make excuses. Well, it's like I talked about my sermon. Does. They, they, they want to be victims. Nothing's my fault. Yeah. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. What, why are you after me? It's, just, it's not my fault. It was the way I was raised. It was, uh, you know, I didn't have this or didn't have that. It's, it's, you always go to that excuse mentality. The yeah. people who cancel others in Roman 2, therefore, you have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. I mean, he's saying you you rail against people who pull sinful acts. Uh, We we wrote a blog, it, it appeared, about how people operate on planet Earth and they judge others, but all along... Uh, their problem is they're full of sin too. All have sinned. Right. In other words, all the founding fathers, they pick them out and they say, well, look, they had slaves. They did this. They did that. Like they weren't sinful guys. Everybody that's ever been on planet Earth is a sinful person except right. Jesus. And, 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 and the way out is just be forgiving. But the bunch in Romans 2 said, well, we're not as bad as this bunch in Romans 1, but we uh, will decide who's a good person and who's a bad one. So they judge put everybody under judgment, pass judgment on everybody, and they themselves condemn themselves because of it. Right. They're sinful too. And what Paul does is interesting because in 9, 10, and 11, he goes back and he pulls passages out of the prophets where God is telling them all through history, you're you're disobedient, you're stiff-necked, you're not listening to me, you're not being faithful. And over and over and over, he keeps having that consistent message. And yet still, here we are in the first century, and... For the because most part, of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his rights of judgment be revealed. He said he's going to clear, clear it all up right. when he shows back up. I gave a lesson yesterday. My lesson was the day of the Lord, yeah. you know, about how what kind of people are you to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's coming. Well, here's one of the reasons he's coming. He'll give to each person according to what he's done. You know, you'll you'll either have lived by faith at some point or you'll be running the other way when he shows up. Right. I'd rather be running toward him yeah. when he appears than be running away from him trying to hide. Right. Because yeah, there won't be any hiding. That's exactly right. Nowhere to go, right? Nope. So we get to chapter 11, and, you know, he's made a strong case about the rejection of Jesus by the Jewish people. You know, like I said, generally. But then he gets to chapter 11, and it's kind of interesting because he asks four different questions. He's kind of making his own argument, so he's asking these questions. 
And he starts out, he says, did God really reject his people? Did God reject his people? In other words, in totality, is it impossible for them to be saved? And he says, by no means, I'm an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. So he's using himself as an example that you can get it right, but you have to embrace Jesus, which is what he he's did. letting them know he was part of the seed line. That's right. Of Abraham. Oh, yeah. And he says that quite often. He was yep. a, a Hebrew of, of Hebrews. <clears throat> let's let's uh, take another break. So then he gets to uh, verse 2, and he says, God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. In other words, he's saying they rejected him. Don't you know what the Scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. So he uses Elijah as his yeah. sort of his example of, you know, sometimes you get to thinking there's nobody out there. There's I'm nobody. the last one. Standing. I'm the last one standing, which is understandable why he would say that. I know Jace had some thoughts about back in first Kings about Elijah, because yeah, it's a good read in first Kings 17 and 18, all the way really to second Kings one and two. I mean, you probably know more of the history than I do, but Elijah, like other famous, prophets and and forefathers way back kind of saw the vision of the gospel before it happened. Yeah. Because you remember the story with the widow. He met this widow and because he was hungry. He was out in the desert, which is not unlike some of the other characters who follow God. John <laughs> the Baptist comes to mind. And she's like, well, I, I don't have much to eat here. And if you eat it, we both going to die. You know? <laughs> and she had a and, boy. You know, she was well, just, she had a boy, yeah. but, and it was a strange miracle. It's like she kept feeding him and giving him drink, and it never would run out. It's like you, she didn't have to go to the store. I don't know exactly where exactly that is, but it's in It's somewhere. in the first King 17. Yeah, in 17. Well, and then her son dies, and so she blames him because she's like well if you had, you hadn't come maybe this is something bad has happened <laughs> so elijah prays and next thing you know he's resurrected so it's like it's almost like he saw that death burial, and resurrection occur before jesus from the power of god and and he was one of the few humans or a couple others that didn't die yeah, he was caught up in a whirlwind, it said. Uh, some kind of I mean, fiery... Do you, do you have a funeral for that? <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> well, you know? it, so so he was like that, and then and Moses said he went up to a mountain to die, and God buried him there, whatever that means. Yeah. And then in the Transfiguration... Those, Matthew 17. Those two yeah. showed up, you know, have a little convo with Jesus... So I don't know. It's a it's a kind of a bizarre. It, it helps my feelings. <laughs> it does me too. That, well, one of the uh, the famous things about Elijah that I that I like, which you know, he's, Paul's making the point in Romans. <clears throat> I mean, here's Elijah. We're down to just a few people, and you got to remember that about our culture because everybody gets negative. But it's been worse. 
I mean, they were down to where there was just a few thousand people who would put their faith and trust in God. I mean, don't talk about outnumbered. And it, and it came and, from their leadership because Ahab was the king, and he married a woman named Jezebel, who was a sort of a you know believed in all these false gods. And so she had filled Israel with all these false, you know, they had the Asherah poles. And of course, this was a, this was a very cultish religion. And so the deal was, if you wanted to have crops, you had to go out and have sex with whoever you could underneath these altars. And so the immorality was just rank throughout all of Israel. This was a very low point for the. Well, and that's what I like about these types of moments in the Old Testament. Because we're just giving you a thumbnail. But in First Kings eighteen, they're having this this big fight about who's who's the real God, and so Elijah's like, "Well, okay, you pray to your God, I'll pray to mine." They had what eight hundred fifty of them. Yeah, and you read like in twenty four, eighteen twenty four, First Kings, it says, "Then you call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He's God." And all the people said, oh, "What you say? This sounds like a plan." I mean, I'd love. To have been a fly, it was on, a sh- it was a showdown on some donkey d- poop back then, and so then twenty seven <laughs> says, because they were in the desert, wasn't a wall. <laughs> at noon, Elijah began to taunt them because they were, you know, they started shouting to their God, but nothing was happening. He said, "Maybe you should shout louder. <laughs> Surely he is a God, or perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling." <laughs> Maybe he's sleeping. It must be awakened. And I, I, I liked that because I thought he, he was kind of a trash talker. He was. Yeah. And in any competition, I, I view trash. And by the way, as, that as was a, that was a very, uh, I would call it a kind translation. If you look back at the actual Hebrew, when it says he was deep in thought, he really meant he was in the back. He was using the restroom. <laughs> is what the phrase actually meant, which makes it even better to me. Hey, maybe he's on the pot. You know, maybe he's, you know, this go go get him out of there. Of course, they I can't remember if it was that one or whatever, where he filled up the troughs and the water, and then I believe it was that, one. that and one. Then God rained down the fire. And and by the way, they were in a drought. It hadn't rained in three huh. years. So he took precious, valuable water and poured it all over his altar and everything he had set up, you know, and then uh, there's water all over it. Yeah. But then when eventually in Second Kings 1, this is right before he goes, is taken up, they ha- he has another one of these things. Mm-hmm. This, this uh, leader of the captain of the army kept bringing 50 men up, and they're telling him to, they're dictating policy, and fire keeps raining down on each 50. <laughs> and so by about the third group of 50, they're like, they come down in humility then, and they're, they're like, hey, would it be okay? Look, we're just trying to have a conversation with you. You know, stop. And it's just an interesting story, but it I think it brings more to light what Paul is referencing there. Right. As when God's on your side, just because you're a few, that that should be nothing as far as power right. is concerned. I mean, he displayed it right here. I mean, they literally were controlling the world and we're the moral compass of the world because god if god is for you who can be against you which is what he said earlier in romans but i want to bring this up he's taken up to heaven and he 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 kind of has this moses moment where he's walking across 
a river and he's he strikes it and land forms and he walks it with Elisha. Who's his replacement. Who's his replacement, which is kind of a picture of what happened with Moses, I guess, and Joshua, in that we're going to pass the torch, which, remember, Moses and Mm -hmm. Elijah were the two guys at the Transfiguration. And so Elijah asks, he asks him, he says, uh, because Elijah said, I'll give you whatever you ask. And he said, well, I I would like your spirit times two. And he's like, hey, we'll pray to God if he wants to do it. And so the first thing that happens. He wanted, he wanted the double whammy. Let's take one last break there. After that is one of the most unusual passages in the Bible. And this is chapter two. Now, So Elijah, he takes off on, on the whirlwind. And so now Elijah, who Elijah told him he had the power, but he goes to Bethel. And to Al's point, you have all this idolatry worship going on. And this place is supposed to be the house of God. And it's just corrupt. The the world is just off the rails. And so as he was walking along the road, some youths came out (laughs) of of the town and jeered him. Now, some translations, I believe, got this wrong. You know, the more I studied this, it it was their word for... It's kind of like what I just told you about the U.S. when it had these 400 shootings. Well, one of the articles I read about it, it said, uh, you know, three kids die, and you know, so I I read that. Well, it was it was ten, it was like 15, 19, and and sixteen. I'm like, well, I pretty much know they had had a they said a dis- disagreement about something and a shootout. But the way it looked was, oh, there there was some kids and and there was a kid killed as an innocent bystander which was six years old now that that's horrible yeah it's terrible but i'm pretty sure reading between the lines that when you're 15 to 19 oh in in these gang areas yeah that that you're in the prime of your criminal career yeah so and i think that's what was going on here if you look that word up you'll you'll see that but they came out of the town and jeered him Go on up, you bald head. They said, go on up, you bald head. And when you when you research this, you realize, because hair back then was a, a sign of kind of like our family of, <laughs> of honor. <laughs> so evidently, they, they, the scholars think that he had some kind of skin condition or it was not something he was doing purposefully. And they all knew who he was because he represented God, the yeah. creator of the universe. And so but he looked strange. Yeah, so he turned around. Of course, he's got a double measure of Elijah's Elijah spirit. spirit, and and they're cheering him. And I really think it's more about the the worship, who who they're worshiping, right. and setting the tone. And he called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord, which in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. But evidently, the Lord heard him, <laughs> and then guess what happened? Two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the young rebels. <laughs> I've used that verse so many times when I was talking to kids. I said, don't make me call well, a bear down on you. I don't think he was really talking about that. I mean, because I do think it was they were the bullies of the new way of worship or whatever was going on in there when you read, read the history. They, they weren't bowing down to God, I can tell you that. And there was a small sect of people that was representing God, 
and uh, Elijah was was the leader of that group at the time, and he passed the torch on to Elijah, but he set the tone that our God is more powerful and real than yours. Hey, I ain't going to lie. I've been in some situations where I would love to have had the power to call a bear down on a few people. Just yep. let, let me just show you what happens when you mess, yeah. with, you know, mess with God's people. So I think that puts in context the Romans 11 reference, though. About well, and all- I want to mention one thing before we totally leave that, because in, in 1 Kings 19, right after it happens, because I find this fascinating, Elijah had just had this major victory on Mount Carmel because God had shown who God really is. The people chased down all these false prophets and killed them all. So this should have been the greatest time in Elijah's life, but, but Jezebel sends a message, 1 Kings 19, made the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If and So she still believes in her false God. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Mm. She sent that message to Elijah. And what was funny is you'd think he would think, huh, i tell you what, this hussy, you know, let me show you what else got. But instead, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And he goes out and sits under a broom tree, and he, that's when he tells God, I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me. You might as well just take me on. You know, he he just it just deflated him. And I've always thought, I told people before, sometimes when you have a mountaintop experience mm-hmm. and you think, man, this is so good. Maybe it was a great worship or some conference you were at. And then sometimes after that, you get, you know, you all of a sudden you get this feeling like he had. I mean, he he could he should have been the most fearless man in all the world after what he just witnessed. But I think that's his point, Romans eleven now. He's like a lot there was only a few of them, and they're flawed. E- even though they're trusting God. They're still flawed, right? Yep, just like us. Yep. And then he makes the point that uh, so too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace, and right. if by grace, then it's no longer by works. If it were, if it were, if it were, grace would no longer be grace. I mean, well, I liked his his answer to Elijah was because they said the angel of the Lord took him up up on a mountain. And there was an earthquake, and there was a fire, and there was a great wind. And so the, there was a major happening, but it said God was not in any of those. He came to him in a gentle whisper. And that's when he told him, I got 7,000 that hadn't bowed the knee. In other words, I got work for you to do. Well, right. You know, you're, there is a remnant that's there, which is Paul's whole point when you get over well, to Well, I think that we all struggle with that. Well, that's I mean, why I love that passage, Jace, because, I mean, I, I've been in situations before where things are rolling, things are great, but then you have these fears like, Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I mean, we all have moments like that. And I think the gentle whisper for any of us is you got to do what God's called you to do. Well, that's why I brought up this point about the news and, the, you know, all what's around us. You, you, you can't feel like somehow or another hopeless right. or doomed because there's so, so many people out there who just said, we don't care if God was hung, shot, crucified. Or, right. well, yeah. I mean, I think we have to, Look at the big picture, and there there are literally hundreds of thousands of believers out there, yeah. more than you think. Right, and uh, we're the most powerful people on earth because of God's spirit and because of His grace. And so, whenever you see that, I mean, we shouldn't get negative and gripe because I do think that translates to our kids. That's but right. But I think we go to our kids and we say, "We got work to do." Yeah, you know, I love it when I get invited. I like to California or Oregon or Washington, some, you know, what we now call a blue state, which is a lot of left-wingers, a lot of people, a lot of unbelievers. I love when I go there because 
I always find those that the remnant of people there, they still love God. They're they're gung ho for Christ. I mean, and and it gives you, you know, it kind of buoys your spirits because you start thinking, well, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, if the earthquake came and that whole thing just fell off in the ocean, we'd all be better off. But no, there's the people of God are there. I mean, it just means more work for us to do. I think that's the way you have to view it. That that was yeah. That was basically Elijah's challenge, you know. But the reason I think you read those old stories, and I mean, we're kind of laughing about them, but those things really happened, and people really died, and people stood up. They had the courage to stand up and take on God Himself. Yeah, and they will, all I, they all lost. I will say that when God told them that I have seven thousand, you don't know anything about. That's not a whole lot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it was called a remnant, right? I mean, he was saying you, you that. Got as a, people. He was that saying that far as bigger than that. He's like, I got seven thousand. You don't know about. It. I'm like, Phew, that's not that many. That's right. You know, no, seven thousand. No. I don't know. So, well, back in the story, Obadiah, who was also a prophet, who was a contemporary with Elijah, he had hidden out some some priests and some people. So there, it was some things going on. But you're right. It wasn't many. But think about it. you just described it, Dad. There's a there's 300 and you know what 60 million people in America now. I mean, how many of them? How what's the remnant of those who are you know really believe in Christ and professing? That article yesterday, they everything is shrinking. Christianity is shrinking in America. The members of people who put their faith in Jesus. There's a lot of turmoil out there. You say mm, I can see the signs of it, Al. You yep, know, I can too. Time for revival. We're trying to head it off. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.